Guardian Unlimited. The Business Travel Podcasts. A series of four audio city guides in association with Silverjet. Low fare business flights between London and New York. Book now at www.flysilverjet.com. London is one of the world's great global cities. It speaks the world's international language, it attracts immigrant communities from all over the world, and it sits on an economic bridge between America and Europe, making it one of the best places in the world to do business. Recently, it's seen rapid change, as the Docklands Business District has grown out of the east end of town, and the city has also seen a gastronomic boom, as restaurants serve ever better food from every continent. No wonder a recent poll said London was the world's most expensive city. People will pay anything to work in a city like London, and they do. Well, here we are in central London. I'm dressed in my scarf and my woolly overcoat. It's a bitterly cold day, but I suppose everything is as it should be. Um, But how do you get here? Well, if you're coming into London through one of the airports, Heathrow, Stansted, Luton and Gatwick are all a long way out of town, so you should allow plenty of time to get into the city. You'll find taxis at all the airports, but they are expensive. Black cab fares range from 50 to 100 pounds. It's much quicker and cheaper to get the train. The Heathrow Express gets you to Paddington Station in 15 minutes. The Gatwick Express is a non-stop train to Victoria that takes 30 minutes. Trains from Luton go to either St Pancras or King's Cross Thameslink, while trains from Stansted go into Liverpool Street, in the heart of the City of London. The best way to orient yourself to the City of London is to look at a map of the London Underground. The bright yellow line on the map, the one in the shape of a bottle on its side, is the circle line which passes through or near almost all of the mainline train stations in London, like Victoria and Euston. Now, broadly speaking, any station within the circle line is in Zone 1, with other zones radiating out from the centre all the way to Zone 6. The financial centre of London, what's known as the City of London, or just the City, is at the eastern side of town. Looking at the tube map, most of its stations are the ones near the neck of the bottle that's the circle line, such as Barbican, Moorgate and Bank. Now this area is the ancient heart of London, and you'll find landmarks here like St Paul's Cathedral and the Bank of England. But these days, there's also another main business centre. Moving east, the blue and white line heading out of the right-hand side of the map is the Docklands Light Railway, and that heads towards the recently developed London Docklands. 20 years ago, this area was a run-down part of town, but is now a financial centre in its own right, with its centre at the huge tower at Canary Wharf. Getting around London by public transport is easy in theory, but in practice it can be a bit of a trial. It's probably quite good for a system that started running in 1863, um, but the reality in the rush hour is overcrowded buses and trains, um, and long journey time, so do leave plenty of time for your journey. But if you do decide to use public transport, 
then one option is to buy an Oyster card before you arrive. Now, the Oyster card is London's smart card system, which replaces paper tickets. And if you live in the US and a number of other countries, then you can visit www.visitbritandirect.com and buy one in advance. If you're only here for a short while or you have the budget, then you might as well spare yourself the hassle of public transport and take taxis, known as black cabs, around town, especially in rush hour. But be warned, they are expensive. Mini cabs from licensed offices are cheaper, but never get in an unlicensed car touting for business on the street. It's just not worth the risk. If you're driving in London, bear in mind that the city operates a congestion charge system, which means that if you go into an area roughly equating to Zone 1 on the tube map, then you have to pay £8 to transport for London. Now, the congestion charge zone is marked with a white C on a red circle and operates on weekdays from 7 in the morning to 6.30 at night. If you want a hotel near the east end of town, The Four Seasons Canary Wharf is the most upmarket option in Docklands. Though, if you've any spare time, then you're probably better off staying somewhere more central, enjoying more of what central London has to offer. The London Bridge Hotel, almost exactly on London Bridge, just a short ride on the Jubilee Line from Canary Wharf, is a well-reviewed and much cheaper option, and not far from London's famous Borough Market, if you're there on a Saturday morning. Now, in the centre of town, the Covent Garden Hotel on Monmouth Street is another well-reviewed boutique hotel, just a short walk from Soho. Well, I've just come out of Bank Underground Station, and I'm right in the heart of the city of London. And this is where it all began for London. It was the Romans who first put a city on this site around 2,000 years ago. But these days there's a bustling, compact feel about the place, with tall buildings, streets choked with taxis and traffic. But there's also a real formality about it. You can just imagine old English gents in bowler hats and umbrellas trotting off to work. Now on the left of me is the Bank of England, which was designed by Sir John Soane in the 18th century. And ahead of me, the grandly neoclassical Royal Exchange Building, which was a centre of commerce in the city for centuries. These days, the Royal Exchange Building, with its grand colonnade, is a luxury shopping centre, but only serious brands need apply. This is where you come to do your shopping at Cartier. I kid you not, there is a red carpet being rolled out in front of me as I stand here. This is where you buy your diamond from De Beers or from Tiffany's. But you can always come and have a coffee in the courtyard here, and it's quite a nice place to come and kill a few minutes in central London. Well, wherever you are in the city of London, you're never very far from here. I'm at St Paul's Cathedral, um, whose dome, um, designed by Sir Christopher Wren and uh, modelled on St Peter's in Rome, is one of the greatest landmarks of the city. Here we are at the Whispering Gallery. This is the famous gallery right up in the inside of the dome from which you can hear someone whispering right on the other side of the dome, 32 metres away. I'm having to whisper because it's... uh, (laughs) quite a crowded place but you can also hear the uh, organist and the choir practicing for evensong in an hour or so's time
As with many cities in the world, some of the best places to meet business contacts in London are hotel bars. Now I'm at the Long Bar here at the Sanderson Hotel in Berners Street in central London, and it's a stylish oasis of minimalism with trendy lighting and prices to match, so it's a good place to come if you want to impress. Other hotel bars popular with business people include the Mandarin Oriental Hotel in Knightsbridge and the Light Bar in St Martin's Lane Hotel, right in the centre of the city. I'm with Mark Weslow, who's a publisher of SquareMeal.co.uk. That's a restaurant review website based in London. Um, Mark, if I want to impress my business contacts and clients in, in a London restaurant, where should I go? I mean, is a big name like the Ivy or Hakkasan always best? I think if you're entertaining in London these days, you're spoiled for choice. Uh, is the Ivy the best? It's certainly somewhere that will never let you down and people will want to go to it. But there probably are, you know, 30 or 40 Ivies these days that people would, would want to go. But of course, there are occasions when you might not want the Ivy experience. You might want something a little bit quieter. So can it be hard to find restaurants that meet the needs of business travellers? I think the, the, um, the business traveller has a very tricky time of choosing a restaurant and I would always recommend that they talk to the people that they are coming to meet to find out where they would perhaps want to go and take a lead off them. So is there anywhere you particularly recommend? At the moment Zuma um, which is a Knightsbridge modern Japanese restaurant. Um, the Square is a French restaurant where Philip Howard is constantly in the kitchens and really delivering a very, very fantastically delicious um, experience in a nice kind of environment. Mays is um, Gordon Ramsay's relatively new grazing menu restaurant in Grosvenor Square. And perhaps if we go into kind of Soho, a little place called Arbutus really delivers a good quality restaurant experience at very good prices, often using interesting but cheaper cuts of meat. If you work in advertising or the TV industry, then chances are you'll find yourself here in Soho. Now this part of town has many faces. It's a crowded nightlife district, um, famous for places like Ronnie Scott's, the Jazz Bar, Bar Italia, the late night coffee shop, or the French House, which is a pub which doesn't serve pints, only halves. It's also London's Chinatown and a centre for the sex industry, but basically everybody seems to wind up in Soho at some point. So if you find yourself here, here are a few tips. First, make sure you take time out to visit the Photographer's Gallery. It's a great little art space near Leicester Square on Great Newport Street, and it's got a lovely coffee shop too. Second, there's a great newsagent on Old Compton Street. It's called Compton News, and it has a good range of international press and trade journals too. And third, if you're wandering around in Soho, bring a map. All the streets look the same, and I still get confused, and I've lived in London for years. In a sprawling city like London, it can be difficult to find open spaces. But though there are parks like Hyde Park, 
which is the uh, biggest park in London. And St James's Park uh, near Buckingham Palace. Perhaps the biggest open space in London is the river. Now I'm standing on the Hungerford footbridge between Waterloo and Charing Cross with the big Price Waterhouse Coopers building at the end of the bridge. And from here you can walk all the way along the south bank, all the way past the National Theatre, the National Film Theatre to the Tate Modern where another footbridge, the so-called Wobbly Bridge, that had to be redesigned before it could open to the public, will take you to the heart of the city and St Paul's, which I can see in the distance. Of course, on the other side of the bridge is one of London's newer landmarks, the London Eye, and the bigger Ferris wheel-type contraption that you can see by Big Ben and the Houses of Parliament. You can hire a pod in there for uh, one of the best views in town. If you're out and about in a big city like London, it can be difficult to find somewhere quiet to make some calls, send a few emails, but there are some options. One is the Hoxton Hotel on the Great Eastern Road near Old Street Tube, just on the outskirts of the city. Now, as well as offering free Wi-Fi for guests, they also rent out their bedrooms as private offices by the day. Now, you pay £19, and as long as you have your own laptop, you can just log in and away you go. The hotel is as trendy as its Shoreditch location would suggest, with brown leather armchairs in the lobby, exposed brickwork in the bar. It's also a good place to meet and greet clients, and they've got free copies of The Guardian in here, so they seem to know who their markets are. But of course, for truly mobile office space in central London, just call a taxi. Taxi! Take me to Blackfriars, please. So that's it. Next time you're visiting London on business, don't be put off by the cost of living, the traffic and the crowded streets, because that's not what London is really about. This is a city where, between meetings, your time is your own, where if you've got just 15 minutes to spare, you can experience some of the best pubs, shops and free galleries in the world. Take the chance with both hands. The Business Travel Podcasts. A series of four audio city guides in association with Silverjet. Low fare business flights between London and New York. Book now at www.flysilverjet.com. Guardian Unlimited.